Amen. And God said, Amen. Uh, you, can, you can be seated. I don't think God has to say, well, I don't know. When, when we pray, when we say amen, it means may it be so. So maybe God was just adding his may it be so. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Joshua. That's just after Deuteronomy. We're in chapter 5, and uh, if, it, if it helps you any, I brought my little Bible, so it shouldn't be a long message. <laughs> don't get too excited. We are uh, um, observing communion this morning, and, and so for our guests, just so that you know how we do that, if you've made a public profession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you uh, to join together with us as we, as we take communion this morning. How many, of you, how many of you hate it when things change? Anybody? Yeah, for a while, every time you came in to, to church, the, the sanctuary was a little different one way or another. I still have a little bit of fun with you. Sometimes we'll have a, another row on the back, and sometimes we don't, just to, just to kind of mess with your minds a little. Uh, believe it or not, I don't like change. Now, one of the things that, that kind of gets me is when you go into a restaurant and the menu's different, and you, you like are looking, first of all, they don't do a new menu without raising the prices. You know that, right? So when the menu's new, then, then, then you know the prices are going to be up a little bit. And, and the other thing that, that really gets me is, is when they take your favorite thing off of the menu. Has that ever happened to you? And, and so just let me allow me to, to whine just a little bit. I'll, I'll repent later. Um, uh, Taco Bell, I've been going to Taco Bell since I can remember, and, and I, I, I get the same thing all the time. I get two soft tacos and a combination burrito. And about a year ago, I went in and I ordered two soft tacos and a combination burrito, and they said, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have the combination burrito anymore. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? And they said, oh, it's not on our menu anymore. They said, but you can order the bean burrito and add meat. I still don't know what to order when I go to Taco Bell anymore. It, that just totally messed me up. Well, this is kind of what God is doing with the nation of Israel. Um, in, in fact, in, in a very real way, he changed the menu uh, on them in, in this passage. Uh, this is uh, Joshua chapter 5, and, and we're going to, we, we've only got a few verses to read. Again, don't get too excited. Uh, 10 through 12 is, is where we are. So if you'll turn there, let, let's read that together. Actually, I'll read it. You listen, but follow along. It'd be kind of weird. We probably got five different translations in here. So here's what he says. While the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain, and the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of that land. Then there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. That sounds a little weird, doesn't it? You know, so, so imagine, uh, and, and, and so I, I've told you guys this a whole lot. Whenever I read scripture, I like to put myself there. So, so let's imagine that, that we are of the generation of, of Israelites who have grown up in the wilderness. Now, remember, all but at least Joshua um, have, have now passed away. 
So we have this whole generation that have known nothing. They were born in the wilderness. So imagine all they have known up to this point is you get up in the morning and you collect your manna. You eat your manna. You go, you you collect enough for the day. You eat that through the day. You get up the next day and you collect your manna. Now you do this every day except for Friday. Now Friday you collect twice as much manna as you need because you're going to need it for Saturday, which is the Sabbath. They wouldn't collect. Actually, there was no manna on the Sabbath. If you didn't collect it on Friday, you're just out of luck unless your neighbor wants to share with you. And you can't get ahead. Um, you You can't stockpile the manna because if you collect more than you need for that day, then it goes bad and you get worms and stuff, and nobody wants that. So, but, but can you imagine your entire life, you never ask, parents, wouldn't this be great? You never ask, what's for dinner? I'll tell you, I'll tell you one huge benefit I can see in marriages. Honey, what do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. What do you want to eat? <laughs> How about manna? No, we had that last night. <laughs> There was no discussion. But can you imagine? An entire generation has known nothing except they get up and they collect the manna and they eat the manna. And, and no, so now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about it after they crossed over the, the Jordan. They're now uh, just on the outskirts of Jericho. And, and it's a new beginning for them. It, it, it's a time for them to identify themselves with the one true God, Yahweh, the God of the Israelites. And one thing that, that we need to realize that is that this, when there are new beginnings, there are going to be changes. Now, that really, that sounds silly to even have to say out loud, doesn't it? How many of you, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how many of you get to a place, you're like, you know what, I just, I just want a new beginning. Has that ever happened? We kind of do that sometimes at the beginning of the year. That, that's a, we make New Year's resolutions. Some do. I, I gave up on those. I just say this is what I want to do this year. But when you have a new beginning, you're going to have to make some changes. And, and so the, the nation of Israel, they were finding this out really quickly. The cool thing is God is loving and he's kind, he's gracious and merciful to us, and he helps us out a little bit. And in this one, we see something that's just a little bit odd, or it may seem a little bit odd. We have something old that they hang on to, and then something new. So the something old is it says that they kept the Passover. And then the very next day, when they, they ate the produce of the land, and God ceased providing manna for them. Now, you might ask yourself, I do, maybe you guys Maybe you just like get it. But I, I ask these kind of questions to myself all the time. Couldn't God have kept providing manna? Wouldn't that be cool? Don't I have to hunt? You don't have to fish? You don't have to cook anything? I guess you can try frying the manna. I don't know how that would work. Couldn't God have kept providing manna? What, what do you think? Do you think he could? Of course he could. Why didn't he? A whole generation, it had nothing but manna. I mean, can you imagine the first time they tried something different? <laughs> when your kids are little, I don't know if they still tell this, uh, but when, when our youngest was, was little, they, they would say you, you, wanna, you have to go one by one through all the vegetables, you know, so that you, you see 
you know, if they're allergic to anything. And I only have some young folks in here. You guys write this down. You're, <clears throat> so I'll help you out later. It's really fun as a dad. I, I'm a weird guy anyways. You guys know that, right? So, so, so I could tell what my wife, I could tell what she was on when I changed the diapers. Oh, doing carrots now, are we? <laughs> now, the other one's a little bit hard. Is it green beans, peas? I mean, some of those start looking alike. But they tell you, don't start them on the fruits until you've gone through all of the vegetables. You know why? Because they probably won't eat anything else. You, you start them off on that, that apple Dutch surprise stuff, which is basically cinnamon, sugar, and apples. They're not going to eat those peas. My kids, I don't know. I don't know how they know anyways. How does a baby know what they like? Ours did. Cynthia would poke those little green peas in. And their little tongue would push it right back out. But imagine. They've had nothing but manna. Why couldn't or why didn't God just keep providing manna for them? He could have. But he didn't. He stopped the manna. And they began to eat the produce of the land, the fruit of the land from then on. But they kept the Passover. Let me, this is... I think this may be why God kept the Passover, the old, and, and they continue that. In fact, Jews today continue the Passover. We, we, we kind of reenact what we would call the, the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. Um, on the, I'm a Baptist, so I shouldn't know about these things, but in a Monday, Thursday service. When I first came, we did that on Wednesday, and I said, well, leave it to a Baptist to put a Monday, Thursday service on a Wednesday. So we just do Good Friday services now. We know we got that right. But they kept the Passover, and the manna quit. Here, here's why I think it is. The Passover contains the message. Do, do you remember that in, in Egypt? That God was, he was proving that he was the one true God over every single one of the gods of the Egyptians. Do you remember that? All the way through, from the Nile, the frogs, all of it, till you get to the end. And... And in the end, if you didn't follow God's instructions, if there wasn't a Passover lamb that was slain and the door put on the doorpost, the, the, the top and the sides, then the angel of death would kill the firstborn. Well, the Egyptians believe that the Pharaoh is God and his son would be God. You see, here's the thing that the Passover has the message that Yahweh saves. By the way, do you remember what Joshua's name means? Yahweh saves. Yeshua means Yahweh saves. And the Passover has the message, and God wanted them to remember that message. Listen, Yahweh and Yahweh alone saves. Now, some of you are going, wait, isn't it Jesus that saves? Well, you know, Jesus' name was Yeshua, Joshua, which says Yahweh saves. And, and so he wanted to preserve the message, and he wanted them to never, ever forget that Yahweh saves, not the God of the Egyptians, not the God of the Babylonians, not the, not the God of the Moabites, that Yahweh saves, and he alone. And we can't ever change our message. 
Do you know that's still the message today? Jesus saves. I love it. We run across places in the New Testament that gives the gospel in a nutshell. That Jesus came to save sinners. The message can't change. It just is. And God wanted to preserve that message for the children of Israel. But you see, I, I look at manna, and I see manna as a method. You, you see, manna was just a means by which God sustained the nation of Israel while they were in the wilderness. One of the hardest things for me to kind of to kind of get my mind around, and maybe it is for all of us, is that sometimes we have to change things that are still working. You ever think about that? I know. I, I Boy, I heard one of you think it. I don't know who it was. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Isn't that what we're taught? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, hang on a minute. Do you wait till your car runs out of gas before you put some in? Okay, well, some of us do. It wasn't that long ago that that happened with me. We shouldn't. Do, do you wait till your tire goes flat before you get new tires? Okay, well, we shouldn't. Maybe I should change some of these. You see, the thing is, if, if we don't change things while they're still working, what we're, what we're likely to do is, is sometimes we won't recognize when something's time has passed. Or if you want to use, I don't know if this is a marketing term, um, the, the law of diminishing returns. At some point, the effectiveness of a method is going to decline. Did you know that? At, at some point, that's going to happen. Listen, you, you guys may not pay attention to this a whole lot, but there are advertising, there are companies that spend millions, probably billions of dollars in advertising people so that they make sure that they are effective in producing their product and they're effective in selling their product. Now, we don't have a product to sell, but sometimes, sometimes we need to change things while they're still working. And that sounds so counterintuitive, doesn't it? If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. Sometimes, if we're not careful, then we let the method become the main thing. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this a whole lot, but whenever, whenever they do the 21-gun salute, there's a guy that's over there all by himself. You know what that's for? I, I read about that one time. In the cavalry, they would have to have somebody hold the horses so that they wouldn't bolt when they did the 21-gun salute. <laughs> and the guy's still there. The horses aren't anymore. Sometimes if we're, if we're not careful, then, then the method becomes the thing. What if? What if we begin to change the way that we do things before they become ineffective so that we can ensure what we do is always effective? Does that make sense to you? What if we got into the mindset of evaluating what we do 
And, and we began to make the changes, the tweaks, while the thing's still working so that it never starts the decline in the ineffective. Now, I know you're thinking, what in the world are you talking about? Let's, let, let's make some practical applications for us. Let's start with our personal lives. Yeah, you knew it was going to get personal at some point, right? Let's, let's start with our personal lives. Let, let's look at our children. Okay, you don't have to look at them. Let's start with our children. The way you parent them when they're really little, if you parent them that way the rest of their lives, actually, you don't even have to go that far. You're going to hit the teenage years and find out that doesn't work. Right? Because when they're two and they don't want to sit in their car seat, what do you do? You say, well, you know what? I'll pick on my kid. I'm your daddy, and I'm bigger than you. You're going to sit in your car seat. Yeah, she just gave me a look. Because that doesn't last long, does it? When they're 18 and they're taller than you are, that doesn't work. The way you parent them has to change. It, it, it has to. And listen, you are far better off applying this in your parenting while the I'm bigger than you and I'm your daddy thing's still working. Andy Stanley calls that that's size and position. While you have size and position, you build relationship because when they hit the teen years, relationship is what you use when you parent them. Then when they're grown and have kids of their own, you, you influence them through relationship. So, so you don't wait till it's broken. Listen, and I know we do this all the time. I talk with parents all the time. You, we wait till it's broken and then try to fix it. What if we didn't do that? What if while it's still working, we're changing to make sure that it continues to work and it's continued to be effective? What if we did that in, in our parenting? What if we did that in our grandparenting? But listen, not just there. What if we did that in our relationships? What, what, if, what if before our relationships fall apart, what if, what if we began working on those? And, and some of you may say, well, you know, my, my relationships are good. Okay, that, that's great. What if they were better? What if, what if my relationships weren't just bad, but, but what if they were good? And, and what, if, what if the people in my life, what if my relationships were encouraging me to walk with God? What if my relationships were, were enriching spiritually? husbands, wives, wouldn't that be great? Do you have a good marriage? I hope so. What if it was better? It's not broken. Let's not wait till it's broken. What if we got into this mindset that while it's still working, that we, that we make changes that make it better, that we make changes that, that help to enrich, that we make changes to make sure that, it, that it's still growing. What if we did that with our finances? I talk to people, thankfully, not, not as often as some, um, that their finances are a mess and, and, and they wait until it's not working financially before they say, hey, what can I do here? Uh, hopefully, within the next year, we'll do uh, Dave Ramsey as a, as a church. We'll do it to, all together. But because here's the thing, 
I don't want people to get to a place where their finances aren't working before they start doing some things that God has called us to do to make them better. What, what if we caught people while it's good? And we said, you know what? Let's, let's, let's make some tweaks. Let's make some changes. And look, here's what God's word says. What if we add this? And it got better. Let's don't wait till it's broken. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Listen, that's a, that's a scary way to live life. What if we did this? If it ain't broke, thank God and work on it. <laughs> what if we did that in our church? What if, what if in, in our time together, in, in worship. You know, every, everything's working. Every, everything's all right. It, it, it's okay. That's kind of where we usually leave it, right? How many of you have fixed the door that wasn't broken? Does that, does that happen? Well, what if we said, you know what? The, the purpose of our time together, and I don't, don't just mean the, the music time, but, but this whole time that we gather on, on Sundays at 11 to celebrate. What if we said, you know what, the purpose of this is to bring people into the presence of God so that he can speak to us through his word and his spirit to change us from the inside out. What if we said, you know what, let's not wait till it's broken, but let's begin to make some tweaks. Let's begin to make some adjustments. Let's make it better. What if we did that with our small groups? By the way, let me back up just a minute. Do you know, you may not, do you know that for the committed Christian, the average worship attendance is two times a month nationwide? Did you know that? Some of you are going, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what, if, what if in our worship time, what if we made it better? What if we made it so that you want to invite your friends and family to come. What if we, what if we got to the place that, that, that your family member that you've been sharing with and you've been encouraging, you've been inviting them, what if, what if we got it to the place that if they said, all right, you know what, I'll give you one shot, I'm coming this Sunday. What if we got it to the place that the person who's going to give it one shot would come in, would feel the love of God through his people, would hear God speak, and God works in their hearts. That's what I want. All right. Small groups. What if we did that with small groups? Well, what if we had small groups that, that we can band together as brothers and sisters and encourage one another and, and carry one another's burdens, share one another's praises well, what if our small groups were such that, 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 that we helped one another along this walk in Christ so that, so that every single person in our church was involved in a small group every week? What if we, what if we got there? Now, now, they're not broken. Don't get me wrong. Our small groups aren't broken. But what if we got them to that place? What if, what if we made some changes? What if we tweaked? Don't worry. We're not getting rid of Sunday school. We tried that once. That didn't work. I had hair. They pulled it out. No, not, not really. But what if, we, what if we got it to that place? Let's don't wait for it to be broken. How about, how about in the way that we serve? 
What if, what, if we, what if we made some changes in the way that we serve so that every single person could serve somewhere, somehow, on a continual basis, not every week, but, but, but that everybody, if you were to grab someone and say, what's your job? They'd say, my job's this. What's your job? My job is this. What if, what if we did that in a way that we share the gospel? Now, I know some of you are going, uh-oh, here we go. We've got to go knock on 10 doors this afternoon. <laughs> no, but what if we made some changes to that so that every year everybody was being trained in how to share their faith and that every other year they were able to go on a mission trip, whether it's a few hours away to Hobbs or to Panama or to Nicaragua or Ethiopia or some crazy place like Texas. <laughs> what, what if we, what if we kind of got it out of our mind that we don't have to fix it until it's broken? And what if we just kind of got it in our mind? You know what? Why don't we, why don't we take it while it's still working and make it better? What if we tweaked it? What if we added this? What if we changed the way that we do that? Now, I know change isn't fun for anybody. It's not even fun for me when I'm the one making the change. But if we're going to have a new beginning, it means that there are going to be some changes. I, I, I don't know, but, but it could be that part of the reason that God ceased providing manna for the people is because he wanted them to make a break See, you know what? Manna was for the wilderness. But you guys are going into the land that I promised you, and it's going to be different. And you're going to eat the fruit of the land. Because manna was, manna was okay. Manna's pretty cool. Tastes like coffee. I don't know. <laughs> but I've got something better. What if God wants to do that in our midst? What if God says, you know, it's working, you're getting by, it's okay, but listen, I've got something better. I don't want to miss out on that, especially if better means more people coming to faith in Christ. That's where I want to be. Let's pray. God, you, you amaze me with your love for us. The, the, way that you, the way that you provide for us, Lord, even... The, the way that, that you, you push us out of our comfort zone. And God, you always do it in a, in a loving and a kind way. Not, I, I would say gentle, but Lord, I know with me sometimes you have to be a, a little less than gentle, but God, it's, it's for my good. Lord, I, I pray that for all of us here today, God, that you wouldn't let us just settle to where we are. That you'd help us to get out of the mindset that we're not going to work on anything until it's not working anymore. That, that, that Lord, we're, we remember we're put here to make disciples. That is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And God, settling is never part of the equation. When we live in a state where 9 out of 10 people don't have a relationship with Jesus when we encounter people all the time who are without hope, 
And God, we have the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to change what needs to be changed, but we, we keep the message, and that is that Jesus saves. Lord, move us from where we are to where you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.